Hi, I'm Brad Burball with University of Florida Extension Service in Volusia County. And I'm Steve Crump with Volusia County Farm Bureau, and you're listening to the BizDab Podcast. The agricultural land, that's cropland and ranch land and forest land, make up nearly two-thirds of the state's land area. Land that's critical to our water supply, air quality, climate, wildlife habitat, and outdoor recreation. Florida is the second largest producer of nursery and greenhouse crops in the U.S. Florida's agricultural and natural resources and food industries create 2.4 million jobs, representing about 20% of the state's workforce. Now, these are 2017 numbers, but the industry across the state brings in over $175 billion in revenue and contributes nearly $15 billion in local, state, and federal tax contributions. So Volusia County accounts for, again, this is 2017, but 3% of the state agricultural sales through about 1,600 farms spread across 114 acres of the county, 96% of which are family farms. Brad Burba is the director of the Volusia County Agricultural Extension. Through a partnership among Volusia County, the University of Florida, and the U.S. Department of Agriculture, the Extension Service can provide assistance with such community issues as water conservation, environmental protection, family health and nutrition, youth development, and economic stability for Volusia's commercial agricultural enterprises. Steve Crump is the executive director of the Volusia Farm Bureau. Volusia County has one of the most active Farm Bureaus in the state of Florida with more than 5,300 member families. The Farm Bureau stands behind agricultural producers regarding issues particular to the industry, supports and represents local agriculture producers in Tallahassee and Washington, D.C. Gentlemen, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me. Let's get started with the number one issue that comes up no matter what industry we're talking about these days, which is the shortage of labor. Let's start with, uh, maybe Steve, you can start with what kinds of jobs are out there in agriculture, specifically in, in, in Volusia County. Yeah, looking at Volusia County, agriculture here is, a lot of it is foliage industry. So we're talk, it can be everything from landscape plants to the cut foliage industry up in the Pearson, Seville area. So a lot of that labor is harvest labor. It is year-round work. It is not seasonal. They're, they have employees 365. It is outside work. It is hot work. It is physically demanding work. And and it's also, can it compete with other in industries? I, I think part of the problem with agricultural wages and benefits is maybe they're not as competitive with the other industries. That's true. It is not as competitive. US, agriculture in Volusia County and U.S. As a, in general has to compete with offshore labor, imported products. So we have to compete with the lower cost of foreign labor, and that, that makes it difficult for us. It seems like we're trying to do some things, at least countrywide, to to boost that a little bit. We can tax imports and whatnot, but the sort of effort to improve employment in the uh, in the country as a whole should that in the the, the rise of the minimum wage should that affect uh, these agriculture jobs? Yes, it's going to bring the wage up. There is discussion amongst our farmers: how are they going to afford the wage increase? A lot. Of, some of the work right now is piece rate work. So the faster you are, the more you can earn. But even that, the hourly wage is go might surpass the piece rate. It's going to make an adjustment. It's going to be uncomfortable for a while. Brad, you had mentioned when we did our pre-interview yesterday 
about agriculture as a jobs in agriculture as a side hustle. Can you explain that a little bit better? Yeah, sure. So I think that what we're seeing is we have a lot of young and beginning producers in Volusia County, people that self-identified as young or I'm not sorry, not young, beginning um, farmers or ranchers, nearly 900 of our 1500 farms. And so we have a lot of young people coming into the industry, but they're doing it as a side hustle. And when I say side hustle, I mean that they have off farm jobs, but they're coming back to the farm and farming in the evenings or in the weekend. It is they're running their own business, but also working uh, a full time job as well. So I will just to build on what Steve said that I think that the labor shortage have has always been as far back as I can remember an issue in ag. So this is nothing new to us. I think the pandemic has exacerbated it, but the wages in the ag industry are directly related to the cost of products. So it, the wages are related to keeping those the cost of food and, and the products that we use from the industry low. But also that's related to competition. So if we can do something to keep some of that work or more of the business here in the United States, and that should help producers. Absolutely. And I think that's one of the things we're seeing a lot of products from Central America flooding Florida markets. And so it, it makes it difficult for us to compete. So back to the side hustle concept, tell me if I'm a, I don't know, an investor, or I'm looking to start a business or something, what kind of, how would I get started in, a, in ag side hustle? So you'd come to us at the University of Florida Extension Service. That's what we do. We provide subject matter expertise, technical assistance to individuals who are interested in starting a business. That's one of the first things I always tell people is that you're going into a business. I ask them, do you want to do this for a business or do you want to do this for a hobby? Do, do you have the stomach to be in a business? <laughs> that's right. <laughs> and do you have a plan? I think that's the most important thing. We have. There needs to be, even if it's sketched out on paper, some sort of business plan, and we can help you realize that and give you the support you need. Now, do we, do we have people retiring? Do we have uh, people retiring that are trying to sell businesses? Is there a market for buying businesses? And also, what kind of business are we talking about? It's not just picking crops. It could be processing. It could be distribution, right? Correct. Yeah, we, we have secession planning. There, we have one farm who is planning in the next couple of years to farmers planning to retire. And so they've brought on some interns. But I think that when you're investing in an ag business, unless you're you have the producers coming with you when you buy, learning that production is an art and a science. And so the science can learn. The art is through trial and fail, trial and error. Sure. That farm, the, it would worry me if I was buying an ag business, what knowledge goes with the farmer that you then need to somehow acquire. Right. That institutional knowledge is really important. Institutional knowledge. And I think a lot of business owners don't think of, the first thought is retail. What's in the the big happy shopping areas in terms of businesses that I can buy or go into. We need to get the word out that there are side hustles and businesses in ag that someone with maybe not a ton of experience, you don't have to be a farmer necessarily to to have a business or, or work in, in agriculture. Correct. Yeah. And if people want to learn more about that, they just contact you? Yes. University yeah. of Florida Extension Service. We're the ag center out at the fairground, so we're happy to walk through plans with people, visit their property to help them.
Okay, great. So, gentlemen, let's move on to water quality, which is another one of the biggest issues affecting agriculture in Volusia County. Let's talk about the drainage problem. So let's first define the the drainage areas. What is a drainage area and what are the major drainage areas in Volusia County? I think of Volusia County, you've got, I guess, two drainage areas are are where the water flows. I think you would think of surface water, which way, which direction it flows. Volusia County on the west side is going to go to the St. Johns River and on the east side is going to head to the ocean. This is water, this is water that's runoff from watering crops. It'd be Drainage area takes water from anywhere that it falls on the earth. So we're talking roads and house rooftops, and, and it could be uh, rainfall on top of farm fields, absolutely sure. So we've got a lot of problems with the effects of uh, septic tanks and lawn fertilizers all over the state. But the things that cause red tide are a result of the runoff? Certainly algae blooms are a result of nutrient excessive nutrients in the water. And that is a serious concern. And agriculture, we're being monitored. As a matter of fact, they came, the state came out to my farm last month into Leon Springs and did a fertilizer audit. They'll be doing one every other year now to ensure that I'm in compliance with the amount of fertilizer that I applied to my orange groves and cow pastures. And, and what is that compliance? Like, is it just an amount of fertilizer that you're allowed to use or the type of fertilizer? Glenn, it's both, actually. You're right on it with both. It is the amount and the type. They want to know is it, if it's a slow-release product, a slow-release fertilizer, that's preferred because if it gets a big rain, it doesn't wash it all into the water, or surface water immediately. And it's the amount of fertilizer. I have to be within set guidelines that Brad's University of Florida has published guidelines of fertilizer usage. So as long as I'm in the sweet zone and haven't applied too much, then I'm... Uh, presumed to be in compliance. And there's some research, it's research-based recommendations. So it's based on research done by the University of Florida. And I know that we just received, I think, 1.7 million from the legislature. I say received, it's in their budget. It's in their budget. You haven't seen the check yet? Yeah, exactly. 1.7 million to enhance some of our research around fertilizer recommendations to help our producers around the state as well. Because that runoff into the drainage areas affects other industries, including, I would guess, uh, fishing being the the biggest one. Yeah, and tourism too as well. We're a tourism-based economy in the county, and if there's things going on in our waterways, that's certainly going to affect the experience or the amount of visitors that come. So I think that we all can play our part. Farmers are regulated in terms of their fertilizer use, and we try to teach people an extension, Florida-friendly landscaping. So using plants that are require less water and fertilization. So everyone's doing their part, hopefully trying to. And some of that comes from development, right? Some of this, we'll call it pollution. Some of the the things that are affecting farmland come from the uh, development side of things. What what do we do to to mitigate some of these problems that we're having with the drainage areas? So I think one of the things that we can do in ag is conservation easements. And all the voters just passed uh, Volusia forever in November, nearly 75 or over 75% of our voters. And for the first time, it includes the conservation of farmlands and forests. And so we want to keep our producers in business, but maybe perhaps provide 
buy those development rights away from buy the development rights to the land but keeping them in business and being able to produce crops for our county and our country so that i think that's one way um, to mitigate development it's another tool in our toolbox so forgive my ignorance here but perhaps it's i'm not the only one that has the ignorance the idea being that we can buy some of the land to protect it from future development is that correct do yes. i have that right that yes that's exactly what a, a conservation easement is it's conserving that production land in perpetuity so it's rather than the government buying the piece of property and managing it we're buying the development rights and letting the owner the private property owner continue to manage it and and produce because steve as a farmer i imagine make making money off your land is one thing selling it to a developer is another right yeah, it's a tough decision to make sometimes if you're going to sell it, when you're going to sell it. It's often a generational change. You're talking a death in the family. Multiple, in my case, four kids. How am I going to divide a farm between four equitably? And what if one wants to continue to farm and three live off in the city? How, how do you make the equitable change? And a conservation easement, selling development rights, gives you uh, immediate cash infusion but you still, the private landowner still owns the land, although they could never future develop it. So it is a way to, to make generational changes. And for some people, it makes a beneficial tax, inheritance tax change, too. Although that may change here in the next that uh, may change. That, that, year that, that or so. That comes and goes, yeah. The inheritance <laughs> if tax. you're going to sell now, no, it, uh, it's not. Or, or die now. <laughs> Hurry up while it's cheaper. So, Steve, obviously, I live in New Smyrna Beach, so people live beachside. There's, this is big buildings and lots of residences, and these days a lot more residences. What is the effect? How does agriculture throughout the county, especially, obviously, uh, western parts of the county, affect us here on the beachside? We talked about water quality, and we also have to mention quantity of water, fresh drinking water. Much of the east side of the county, we've got salt water intrusion into the aquifer and the west side of the county is a very high sandy area has very good rainfall infiltration and all the land that we that we have in farmland that's open fields or timberland and conservation land that's excellent aquifer recharge areas which we're going to have to rely on going forward so it's basically capturing all of our fresh water and then we're funneling it to those of us that consume here on the more here on the east eastern part of the county. Yeah, that is right, and you're going to see the I wouldn't say the fight for fresh water, but there's going to be lots of conversations going forward about fresh water moving it east and west and how to share it. Sure, because that happens. Uh, what happens when development starts taking over more of that? open land, if we're not conserving all of it, what happens to that fresh water supply? That's the question. Sure. What happens to it? We have to make sure, because Volusia County, we, we only get what falls on us. Brad, we would you guys say that development is probably your one of the biggest challenges you're dealing with in terms of local farm and, and conservation? I don't know if it, I would say that development uh, is a challenge it is a threat to farmland because as steve said that there's a lot of opportunities for people to sell their land to development so we want to help producers remain 
when we talk about sustainability, the first leg of that stool is economic sustainability. So we want to make sure that they're turning a profit. And that's where my role is in terms of extension. A lot of times we in the university, we call ourselves the R&D arm of the ag industry in Florida. And so we're trying to help them to stay profitable so that they're not tempted to sell their land into development. So who's on the lookout? Is that you, Steve, that's entirely responsible for the, I'm, I'm putting a lot of weight on you here, entirely responsible for the sort of conservation side of things in terms of, and the environmental impact of farmland on, on the rest of the county? Who's really, who takes that lead? We, Farm Bureau does a lot of work on that. And the county government is actually, and the staff are very beneficial. They understand the benefits agriculture provides. As far as development, agriculture doesn't have any, it's not a big conflict. Occasionally, we'll have conflicts between what we call the development ag interface, and that's where the backyard ends and the cow pasture begins, and people complain about the sights or the smells or what are you spraying. There's lots of those questions, and that can be challenging for the farmer because they're not used to being asked, what are you doing and why are you doing that? So... We do occasionally run into those kind of problems. You know, I guess I, I see just from personal experiences, I drive out 44 to I-4, it looks like it's only going to take a couple of years before it's nothing but strip malls and new housing developments all the way from 95 to, to I-4, right? I was just in New Smyrna Beach for the first time last year. I could not believe the development that has occurred around I-95 and State Road 44. And uh, listen, they're just getting uh, they're just getting started. What you're seeing is just the beginning at this point, right? That land out there, of course, you're doing 65 miles an hour on 44, nothing more. You're breezing through really quick from here to Orlando. You just the, the goal is to get on the highway, but we we don't realize that all that land is valuable not not as from a farming perspective, but also from the conservation perspective. I don't I, I think this is helpful because it hel- it helps people realize the link between beachside and our open areas. Yeah, and it, it has benefits for wildlife as well, too. When we talk about habitat fragmentation, keeping that intact not only has an effect on water quality and water quantity, but in terms of wildlife and ecosystem services that it provides. And I think the, the county had a lot of foresight in approving forever 20 years ago and identified that kind of central swath of our county as target, targeted areas for conservation and have bought several thousand acres in that corridor. And on this Volusia Forever initiative that was approved on the November ballot, what how long does that last now? We've renewed it. That was a renewal, basically, right? Yes, sir. We've renewed it. The voters have renewed it for 20 years. That's great. So we're bought in for 20 years, and we don't. it's not something that will come back up on a ballot every year? Yes, sir. Let's move on a little bit to invasive species. I, I know where I am. We've got the Brazilian pepper trees that we're constantly trying to, to fight with here, Waterside. What are some of the the other issues there on invasive species, Steve, as it relates to to the ag industry? It's, it, it, it's the small things that we worry about, that I worry about. Now, the python snakes in South Florida, those are super cool and they're super nasty and I don't want those, but it's the insects and it's the little bitty bugs, weeds, and bacterias that, that are really the biggest cost problem to ag producers. In, in, in my case, it's citrus greening disease, which is spread by an insect called a psyllid. It's the size of a gnat, flies like a gnat, 
the insect is of no consequence to me, but it spreads a bacterial disease, which is pretty much decimated the Florida and industry, including. I was farm. just going to say, now how how long have you been farming uh, citrus? So I grew up here, and my mother, my grandfather, and my great grandfather. So from 1880, we were in Volusia County farming citrus here. But it's been in the last 13 or 14 years this insect has arrived. The insect and the bacteria came together and it has cut the Florida citrus production from 250 million boxes down to a, somewhere around 60 million this year. That's, so a, that's a big cut. Yeah. yeah. Do you, uh, farmers in, in citrus change their crops and start farming something else and we just let that, let that go? Or can you replant those, those citrus crops? There's, you, you, some have changed. They've gone to blueberries, peaches. Mm -hmm. Some have gone to, back to cattle. Sod is always a crop in landscape trees and plants, palm trees. Some have transitioned to that. It's partly an age of the farmer. If they're young enough, they're, they're willing to do it. If they're old enough, they're, they just retire. The, uh, there is, I am planting new varieties that University of Florida and the U.S. Department of Agriculture are releasing some new varieties that are more resistant. It's not the perfect tree, but it's, it can live with the, the disease, but it's not yet able to thrive, I would say. So I am transitioning to the newer varieties. The last crop farmers tend to plant is a crop of Yankees. So they sell out to the developers. What's what? Oh, okay. I see. I got gotcha. you. All right. Took me a second there, but I picked up on the uh, sure. Listen, I miss uh, all the driving up uh, the highway in the middle throughout through the middle of the state and seeing all those orange groves uh, when I was a kid growing up in South Florida. Now you drive up in the middle of the state and it's all uh, RV dealers. Yeah. The, we've gone from orange crops to RV crops here in, in yeah. the state of Florida. The it's interesting what you said about how the science. So that's where the two of you guys may work together to bring the sort of science aspect from University of Florida to to the farming. Yeah, we actually just held a field day in, at, at Steve's farm. So we had producers from around the region come and hear to his farm and hear from the UF researchers and Steve himself about what's the latest science, what's the data, what are they seeing in terms of citrus production. And we had a, over 50 people there, so we had a good turnout. So let's close with the outlook on 2021, or at least the outlook on the next couple of years now that we're far enough into 2021. Brad, wanna, you want to start? Give us what you think uh, the future of agriculture is in Volusia County. Yeah, I think that the industry will continue to grow. As I said, we have a lot of new and beginning self-identified farmers from 2012 to 2017. From 20 from 2012 to 2017, the number of farms grew by 16%. 2022 is the next numbers that we'll see when we do the census of ag every five years. I expect that as well as the, the acreage to grow in production, just because that's the trajectory. If you look at the data, I'm So we'll have improved number of uh, ag, all the numbers in terms of revenue, size of uh, farms, land being farmed, et cetera. You think that will grow when we do the 2022 numbers? I believe so. If you look at the data, it's on an uptrend unless there's something off based on the number of calls that we're getting and the number of producers um, that we're supporting. I believe that the industry is still strong. The this new conservation option is another tool in our toolbox to keep farmers in business and keep them in production. So I'm optimistic about the future of ag in Volusia County. Steve. 
Yeah, I think about Volusia County, the predominant ag is fuller foliage, foliar environmental horticulture type ag, landscape plants, and the cut foliage industry. As long as the building industry is continuing to boom in Florida, Volusia County growers in the foliage industry will do well. I am very glad that we are now opening back up the state and the country and we can have weddings and funerals and send flowers for Mother's Day. Things that the, the cut foliage industry relied on dried up, withered away last summer and they had a very difficult spring, summer, and slowly it came around in the fall. And then by Valentine's Day, they were, they're back going strong again up in the Pearson area with cut fern and stuff. So unofficial indicators are that uh, it's coming back. It's coming back for them up there. The uh, landscape plant guys, I don't think they ever slowed down. They've been sure. They, development has been crazy, right? I mean, development we've had has a been bill. crazy. It has been crazy, and people, the first thing they want is to plant a palm tree in their front yard when they buy a new house. So that's a plus side there. We're rehabbing a house in my family right now. I we were just talking about that yesterday. What kind of plants can we get that the well water won't damage them, et cetera, et cetera? I might have to. I'll have to email you later, Steve, and get it get some contact info there. But yeah, so that that's interesting. So the development in the state housing development actually helps that foliage industry? It helps Volusia County because that's predominantly what a lot of our industry is foliage, landscape plants, and then the cut foliage. Steve, tell me just in, in closing here um, a little bit more about your organization, what it does for the county and how people it, it may benefit our business owners here in, in the county. So Volusia County Farm Bureau is a membership organization and we specialize in being the voice of agriculture and we like to promote and protect agriculture and rural living in Volusia County. And you're completely reliant on membership dues or, or do you have other funding as well? Oh, that's a good question. We, yes, we rely on membership dues. We, we have an insurance agency and then we'd also run the Wednesday Farmers Market here at the Volusia County Fairgrounds. So that's our three separate revenue streams. And that's uh, Wednesday mornings at the fairgrounds where uh, local farmers, uh, you can buy local produce. Yeah, Wednesday mornings at the fairgrounds. Excellent. Brad, same question to you. What are you guys, what's your organization doing for the county? So I like to tell people that we're the front door of the University of Florida, and we have all the resources of the University of Florida here in Volusia County. And so with those resources, we like to help people, help and support people in the ag industry, our producers, either start businesses or stay in business. We'd like to teach people how to eat healthy, so staying healthy but also protecting the environment and using those Florida-friendly landscaping principles, uh, applying only as much fertilizer as needed to be better stewards of the resources that we have here in our county. And is there an equivalent of your group in every county in the state? or, or... All 67 counties we're in. Great. That's fantastic. Gentlemen, I appreciate it. This has been uh, very educational for a guy that is not in farming and agriculture, so I appreciate the time, and uh, I will put in the show notes for the podcast uh, ways that people can reach out to you. Great. Thank you. Glenn. Thank you so much. Thanks, gentlemen.